Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to Palm Sunday. If you're here for the first time, we want to welcome you. You're here for the thousandth time, we want to welcome you. If you're watching online, welcome as well. And also through our microsites throughout San Diego and Tijuana, welcome as well. But we're here at Palm Sunday, right? So exciting. I mean, this is for us, guys. This is, this is the week for us as Christians, right? This, this week, this kicks off the week of weeks, and we're really excited about it, looking forward to, to taking a look at Palm Sunday today and what that means to us and how we can apply it to our lives. But I, but I want to start off with um, showing some pictures up here, and most of you will probably recognize them, and some of you guys won't. And for those of you guys that, that won't, I'll kind of walk you through it. But I wanna, I'm going to show some things up here, and uh, if you recognize it, just let me know. We'll, we'll let them get ready here. But the first picture here, we're going we're gonna to put up here, see if you guys guys remember what this stuff is? You guys remember that? You guys remember those telephones? <laughs> you remember those days, right? Back in my day, that's the phone we had, right? And if you dialed somebody, you had to kind of go around, right? And it took about three minutes to dial somebody. And you might have like chose a wrong number throughout dialing, right? So by the time I was too lazy to dial again, so if I dialed the wrong number, it was like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just going to talk to you, whoever you are, because I don't have time to redial. But that, that's, a, that's an old phone right there. Let's take a look at the next one here, right? That was a phone book for you guys. You guys remember that? Right? You used to have to look up each business, each friend. It was a big deal if you were in the phone book. And I remember the first time my name was in the phone book, I thought, like, I made it big time, right? Yeah, I'm somebody. I'm in the phone book. Just look me up. Just look me up. Let's take a look at the next one here. Rolodex, remember that? You could not have a job without a Rolodex. Let's take a look at this next one. Yes, remember that? Remember this? <laughs> right, the picture would come out, you do the, roll of, the, the, roll of, the Polaroid shake, went through the picture to come out. All right, next one. Yes, that's when you really stepped your game up. Right? Really stepped your game up. That was a video camcorder, as they called it, back in the day. This is, I'm an 80s guy. Obviously, that's coming out. Next one. Yes. Yes. Who remembers the Walkman? Let me hear you. Yes. You had to have a Walkman back in the day. Next one. Yes. Me and my brother all day long. Right? We got that for Christmas, 1982. <laughs> and this last one here, or the, not the last one. Remember that? Calculator watches? Somehow, like, you couldn't even press the button. You had to have, like, a pencil sharpened next to you to do it. And whatever you came up with, you couldn't read the number anyways. But somehow, if you had a calculator watch, though, with some polo cologne, you were cool back in the day. You could get any girl on campus for sure. Our last one. Remember that? You were not a family. You were not an official family unless you had encyclopedias. And they cost like thousands of dollars. Remember that, guys? I never touched them, but it felt good. In case I wanted to learn, I could have. Well, think about all that stuff. Right? If someone in the 80s says, yeah, I'm going to give you all this stuff. I needed that stuff for my life. If someone would have said, I'll give you this instead. This is an iPhone. I would have said, you're crazy. 
I need all that stuff. But this right here is all that stuff times a thousand. Can I hear amen? amen? This is so much superior, so much better, so much more can be done with this phone in my pocket than all that stuff. Today's message is called Great Expectations. Everybody say Great Expectations. And, and, and here is the theme of today's message. It's that God's plans for us are greater than our expectations. Everybody say God's plans for us are greater than our expectations. This is what I want to share with you today, that the plans that God has for everybody here blows away your expectations. Now, we may think God has this for us or what this is what God has planned for us, but I want to encourage you, just like we're going to see briefly in our message today, what God had in store blows away what you're aware of and blows away what your expectations are. My contention is, and I believe today, that our expectations are too limited and too temporary. Everybody say limited. Everybody say temporary. So we're going to pick up this story in John chapter 12, just like Vince was telling us. So if you can turn to your Bibles to John chapter 12, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 12. And we're going to be picking up this story of Jesus Christ called the triumphal entry in John chapter 12. But let me set the scene as we dive into it. So John chapter 12 is, is, is going to start now with the last week of Jesus' life. There are 89 chapters in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, which are the Gospels. How many chapters are there? There are 89 chapters, and four of those chapters are set aside for Jesus' first 30 years of his life. Let me, let me set the scene here. Four of the chapters of the 89 have to do with Jesus' first 30 years of his life. All right? So out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, two-fifths of the chapters of Matthew are allocated to the last week of Jesus' life. In the book of Mark, three-fifths of Mark is in the last week of Jesus' life. In the book of Luke, one-third of the book of Luke is allocated to the last week of Jesus' life. In the book of John that we're in, one half of John is set aside for the last week of Jesus' life. Out of the 89 chapters, four of them have to do with his first 30 years. 85 of them have to do with his last three years. And out of those 85 of them, 29 of them have to do with his last week of his life. Why am I making this point? Because this is what the Bible and the Gospels choose to focus on. Are you guys with me? Why is it choosing to focus on? Why four, why four chapters about his first 30 years? And why the majority of the Gospels, why does it have to do with the last week which we're talking about right now? It's because this is when really Jesus comes to life. Up to this point, he had been doing miracles. Right? But a lot of the miracles he'd be doing, he'd tell the people, hey, keep it down. Now's not the time. Because he knows the craziness that was going to happen. So recently, if we read the beginning of John chapter 12, Jesus was anointed in Bethany. 
And the city called Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem, it's that story that we've heard of Mary that came to Jesus' feet, took the bottle worth a year's worth of wages, right, and broke it and poured the perfume on his feet. The interesting about that is everybody say Christ. Everybody say Messiah. Right? It's Jesus the Christ. The Christ was his title, not his last name. Messiah, Christ. It's Jesus the Christ. Jesus Christ, let me tell you what Christ means. Christ means anointed one. That's what Christ means. And at this point, she's anointing his feet right here the day before he comes in. So on Saturday, he's having dinner. He's having dinner with Lazarus, who recently he resurrected from the dead. So now Jerusalem is happening because they're going over Passover. Everybody say Passover. And say Passover. About 1,500 years before this date, not today, before the date we're talking about here, about 1,300 years. That's when God had led the people of Egypt through the Passover. So the Passover was simply them escaping from Egypt and them having to take a lamb, a spotless lamb, and kill it, take its blood, put the blood of the spotless lamb on their doorpost, and then the angel of death would walk through at night and every house that had the blood of the lamb on its door, death would pass over. So it was that blood of that perfect lamb that saved the people of Israel. 1,300 years later, Jerusalem is still hosting the Passover. So now Jerusalem, they swelled 10 times over. They said it went from about 200,000 people, right, to about 2 million. This is what's going on in Jerusalem. So set the scene before we read this. So Jerusalem is all abuzz right now. They've also heard about this Jesus that just recently healed Lazarus from the dead. So Jerusalem is swelling because all of people of Israel, the Jews, would come back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So as the triumphal entry is happening, Hundreds of thousands and hundreds of thousands of Jewish people were coming to the city of Jerusalem. They have heard recently that Jesus had walked on water. They had heard that Jesus turned water into wine. They had heard that Jesus healed the blind. They had heard that Jesus gave a, a hearing to the deaf. And they had heard recently on their way to Jerusalem that Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead. So now Jerusalem is ready for Jesus to come. That's the scene we're at right now. Let's pick it up at John chapter 12, verse 12. It says this, the next day, Right? Just talked about Saturday he was with Lazarus and his family. The next day the great crowd that had come for the feast that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a 
cult. So that's why Jesus, as he's coming into Jerusalem, riding a donkey, which was the fulfillment of a, a, a Zechariah 9.9, a prophecy that the king, that the savior, that the Messiah, that the Christ would be riding into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey. Here comes Jesus fulfilling that. And they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna. Because they saw Jesus and what they wanted here. I want to cover three things real quick of their expectations as opposed to what God gave them. They wanted honor and Christ delivered humility. Why did they want honor? Because it was so tired for thousands of years being subjugated to the Roman Empire, to the Egyptian Empire, to you name it. The Jews were tired of being slaves. They were tired and they're finally like, it's our time. It's our time. Here's the deal. Back to my initial point. Their expectation was too limited and too temporary. And they wanted finally to be the ones. Are you guys following me? They wanted it. And maybe that's you today where you want yours. You want your glory. You want your honor. But Jesus came eventually to give them honor. But besides that, he came humble riding on a donkey. You know what? The Bible lets us know that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the kingdom of God is upside down. And if you want honor, the way to get honor is to be humble. Can I hear amen? And this is what Jesus was doing because he was showing them how to behave. Here's the interesting thing, guys. This same group that was glorifying God, seeing Hosanna, this was on a Sunday. Five days later, they were shouting, crucify him. The same people, save us, save us, because Hosanna means save us now. We're shouting, yay, Jesus. Five days later, on Good Friday, they're screaming, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Because Jesus and God didn't meet their limited and temporary expectations. What are your limited and temporary expectations of God? Because what he wants to give you is eternity. Can I hear Amen. So it goes on. Let's take a look at verse 16 here. Or verse 16 says this. At first the disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him. So that they had done these things to him. Point number two. They wanted a revolution. And they got a revelation. They wanted a revolution and they got a revelation. They wanted Jesus, like I said, to overthrow this kingdom. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you a revelation. And it says there in that verse, they didn't realize that until Jesus was glorified. Which means until Jesus ascended into heaven. What do you want? Do you want Jesus just to come fix all your problems? That's not what he wants to do with you. He wants to give you a revelation that he's the king of kings and that he is God. And don't limit your expectations to be too limited and too temporary. That leads us into verse 17. says this, Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, they went out to meet him. Here's the deal. This crowd was there, and they knew that Jesus resurrected Lazarus from the dead. They wanted that. 
Here's the last one as we're finishing up because we're going to get into our baptisms. They were expecting power, but Jesus delivered peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus came riding in on a donkey. Amen. And here's the beautiful thing, guys. Jesus is the prince of peace, and he came into Jerusalem. That's called the city of peace. They wanted power. Jesus gave them peace. I don't know what your expectations are today with God. But don't let your expectations be too limited and too temporary. Because what we can learn from this group right here, they wanted honor, but God gave them humility. They wanted a revolution, but God gave them a revelation. And they wanted power, but God gave them peace. We see that five days later, many of these people were shouting, crucify him. They gave him choice. They gave him the choice of Barabbas, who was this, this criminal, or they gave him Jesus. And he said, which one do you guys want me to crucify? And the crowd said, we're going to kill Jesus. Don't be convinced to kill Jesus in your life. Because every day you wake up with the choice of who am I going to crucify? Am I going to crucify the sin or am I going to crucify the Savior? And my encouragement to everybody is choose to crucify the sin, not the Savior. Can I hear amen? Amen. Praise God. We're going to move into our time of baptism right now. So our worship team is going to lead us in a little bit of worship as the baptism team comes out. And since, since God's Reality is so much better than our expectations. Here's my encouragement to everybody. Trust them. Trust them. Right? They wanted Jesus to deliver all these immediate things. And the reason that they turned on him, because they didn't trust him. Because he didn't deliver what they thought they wanted. Trust, trust the Lord. Can I hear amen? Amen, amen. As we prepare for baptisms, I just encourage you, take some time in your heart and evaluate where you are with the Lord. Evaluate if you are crucifying your sin or if you are crucifying the Savior. And as they're preparing... What I want to do in our first one is Paris. When Paris comes out that water, I want us all to scream and celebrate, yeah. right? Because this, what's happening is amazing. So let's try it one time, right? Paris just came out of the water. Let's scream and celebrate and let's go. On. So every time, every time someone gets out of water, we're going to have about eight people here up today. When they get out, let's celebrate and have a great time. We have Paris here that says that I believed in God, but I never had a relationship with him until last April. I went through a difficult trial and I was losing myself, but then I walked into the rock and the church and committed my life to Christ. Amen. Amen. Yes. 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 Woo. Woo!
Joseph. And Joseph shares with us that God has done an amazing work in my marriage, teaching me forgiveness and patience. I feel led to be baptized and to answer the call to be the spiritual head of my home. Let's celebrate. Yeah! This is Ariana. She says, I gave my life to Jesus a year ago, but after a difficult season in my life, I wanted to recommit my life and serve him. So proud of you, Ariana. So proud of you. Yeah! Yes! Yes! This is Jasmine, and she says that God has always moved in her life and provided for me. But I've been up and down in my commitment to Him and our relationship, and I'm going to be a faithful steward. I've never been baptized, and I'm ready to take this step to serve my Lord in my journey. Amen. Proud of you, Jasmine. This is Joshua who says, God has done so much for me again and again. He blessed me so much. And I'm so thankful to be able to get baptized today. Thank you, Jesus. We're proud of you, Joshua. We're proud of you. Laney that'll be getting baptized. She says, my journey has de deepened with God and the Holy Spirit is moving in me to do this for a deeper indwelling. God, your will be done in my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
who says he has blessed me with an amazing protection from stroke and arterial blockage with zero negative health effects. Thank God for your protection and for who you are. God bless you, Rick. up here and first of all just an encouragement to everybody here that has given their life to the Lord which I know is many if not most people here if you have not been baptized get baptized can I hear amen right get baptized the Bible asks us to do it because it's really making a public declaration of when you go down that old person being left in that water right of that old person dying just like when we die we go into the ground it's that that old selfish sinful person flesh person going down and coming out of that water 
being a new person. You know, Jesus gave it to us as an example. It was so important that he sent his cousin as a forerunner, John the Baptist, to really talk about this and to display this. And so my encouragement is if you've not been baptized, get baptized. Today we're having baptisms out there as well. But for the next one, join us in this. And my last encouragement 